and welcome back to The Right Turn, your one-stop shop for all things fiction writing. I'm your host, author Jordan M. Griffin, and today we're tackling our fourth and final episode in the Parts of Speech series, which is on adverbs. Now, uh, stay tuned to the end of this episode for a really exciting announcement. We have something coming at the end of this week, but I'll tell you about it at the end. For now, let's talk about this last Parts of Speech, because adverbs are the trickiest category of speech to work with. Usually, they are kind of two steps removed from any given space in the parts of speech tree. You may have heard that writers hate adverbs and they swear that they would themselves would never use adverbs and any serious writer shouldn't either. This is of course impossible. Writers use adverbs all the time, often in ways that they don't even realize they're doing. What's important as with all parts of speech is to arm yourself enough to know when you have used adverbs effectively and when they are unnecessary and threaten to chunk up your prose. Adverbs describe verbs or other adjectives. They, like adjectives, give clarity to an action or description. In the phrase deep blue sky, for example, deep would be an adverb because it specifies what kind of blue is being discussed. Similarly, if I had the phrase he ran too quickly and fell, then both quickly and too would be adverbs. Quickly because it describes how a person ran, and too because it clarifies more about the word quickly. Like adjectives, adverbs that are the most useful are the ones that change a reader's expectations of where a sentence is going. Running quickly, therefore, isn't really a great adverb. Running is, by its definition, a fast movement, so I don't need to clarify it with the word quickly. Running slowly, however, changes our expectations. As you're reading your favorite books or stories, be on the lookout for that. Does an adverb in a sentence change your expectations of the situation, or does it simply reinforce what's already there? If you'd like to get practice with that, see if you can make a few examples of your own. Write down as many phrases as you can where the adverb is changing your understanding of the sentence. He crept softly across the floor, for example, doesn't do a whole lot for the sentence. The word crept already implies a soft, slow, careful movement. He crept awkwardly across the floor, however, adds something to the situation. Is the character unused to sneaking? Is he injured and that's what's making him move strangely? Whatever it is, we know that by adding this word awkwardly, something else is going on in the situation, and so it's an interesting word. The song made popular by the Fugees, titled Killing Me Softly, is an excellent example of this technique. Killing Me Softly, as the song talks about, implies a long, slow descent into a realization that a love can't last because of the damage it's doing to the singer. It takes all of the urgent violence out of the word killing and transforms what we understand about the word completely. Now, a note of caution as you're making these new and unique combinations. Sometimes there are words that just don't go together and that's totally okay. One of my pet peeves that I have actually seen in multiple published novels is the phrase shining darkly, which I hate because I don't understand how that even works, right? Darkness is not less light. It's not dim. It is the absence of light completely. You can't have both at the same time. What would make the phrase make much more sense, like I said, is shining dimly. Or if you want to use the word darkly, you can use it in the sense of a metaphorical light, such as with the phrase smile darkly. That works just fine. 
But if there's an actual light, it doesn't make sense for it to shine darkly. Is it illuminated or is it not? Something that glints can imply uh, reflected light off of a dark object. So that might work if you need, you know, something reflecting off of a black surface or something like that. But even then, I wouldn't use the phrase glinted darkly. The point is to run over your adverb combinations in your head and to be sure that they work. It's totally okay to find and even use phrases that don't really go together, especially when you're doing placeholders. You can always go back through that draft and take out or revise ones you don't like later. Now, there are some adverbs that give the whole category of words a bad name because they just don't really give you anything no matter how they're used. One of the words that I see really often is the word slightly. She tilted her head slightly. They moved slightly to the side. He turned his body slightly to the left. The problem that I have with this word is that it doesn't really add anything to the sentence. Take it out and the sentences are all the same that, than they were before. She tilted her head. They moved to the side. He turned his body to the left. The meaning of slightly is to give the reader the implication of a small movement, but it's often used with words that imply small movements anyway, so that it's just redundant. That, or it's used to soften a blow that would actually be more effective if it just hit the reader in the face. She looked slightly upset. Why? Why just slightly? Have her be upset and don't apologize for it as the writer. Or if you really need her to not be all the way upset yet, then there are other words that you can use. Maybe show body language, have her cross her arms and bite her lip. Have her avoid looking at the person or thing she's upset at. Softening your blows in fiction is rarely a good idea. People read stories not to temper their feelings, but to experience them in full. That doesn't mean having your character react at 100% to every tiny thing that happens to them, but it does mean to trust both yourself and your characters when it seems they want to rear up and display their emotions. Good. Big emotions, big movements, and big moments will only serve to make the smaller ones much more impactful, and vice versa. The next piece of adverbs I'd like to cover is their placement within a sentence. Like adjectives, it is rarely a good idea to stack a whole bunch of adverbs together in the same sentence, whether they're modifying one word or separate words. Now, I'm sure this can be done well, if it's done with intention, and maybe there are some comedy books I'm unaware of that make really good use of heavy adverbs. However, I think that for the most part, it's best for writers to use adverbs very intentionally. Because of their nature, describing a thing that is already describing, stacking too many on top of each other can make a normal scene feel almost unreal. In my own writing, I don't like to stack more than two adverbs on top of each other, but you should do what makes the most sense for your own work. The devilishly windy day, for example, only has one adverb, devilishly, which describes how windy it is. It would be much more awkward if I tried to stuff more adverbs in there, the, wildly, the wildly devilishly windy day. A lot of young writers rely on filler adverbs such as really or very to lend strength to their writing, when more often the words can be combined to make stronger uh, single words. A lot of young writers rely on filler adverbs such as really or very to lend strength to their writing, when many times these words can be combined with others to make a stronger single word. Really bad, for example, can be replaced by horrible or terrible. Really wants, such as a character who really wants something, can be replaced by craves or yearns. 
It all depends on how tight you want your prose. The tighter it is, the more emotionally impactful, usually. And how old do you want your prose to sound? Young children use really and very all the time because they lack the knowledge of other words. There's nothing wrong with that. It takes time to build a vocabulary. On the other hand, older, especially educated characters will likely stay away from those words, partly because really and very get beaten out of us in school, and partly because if we have a more descriptive word at our disposal to describe what we're thinking or feeling, we'll probably use that. One place adverbs can appear that many writers might not think of is in sentence modifiers. You see them all the time in phrases like, finally, they arrived at the house. Finally is technically an adverb in that case. Or, fortunately, they didn't have to wait long. These words don't sound like adverbs because of how far away they are from any verbs or adjectives. In fact, they usually come right before the noun, and that adds to their tendency not to be seen as adverbs, but as some other parts of speech. While I wouldn't recommend using these modifiers in every single sentence, their presence in a narrative really helps to contextualize events within time. Especially if you're moving your characters through a transition, like they're going from one activity to another, these words can be incredibly helpful in indicating some amount of time that has passed. If I have characters walking home, for example, and it's not necessary to the narrative to show every single second of their walk, then I might use one of these adverbs to transition them into the next part of the story. Part of good writing is being able to speed up and slow down time as necessary, so don't be shy about using adverbs to do it, especially if that is the most concise and impactful way. I used to really not enjoy the word suddenly because I felt like it was an easy way out. But after reading several projects where I refused to use suddenly and instead came up with half a dozen much more ridiculous and cumbersome ways to convey something that happened fast and unexpectedly, I decided to see if I could rehabilitate that word. After playing around with it, I realized I don't hate the word suddenly, I just hate it at the beginning of sentences. Suddenly, a woman popped out of the darkness. Suddenly, the doctor entered the room. It sounds unnatural to me, like there's this weird pause and the reader is waiting to find out what happened. Instead, I found that moving the word closer to the verb changed the way I felt about it, and I liked the flow much more. So this is what I do now. The door opened suddenly and the doctor swept into the room. You can do the same thing with adverbs you come across as you're reading them. If there's a word that really irks you, see if you can find a way to blend it into sentences so that it's not so jarring. To use a cliche food metaphor, vegetables can be hard to swallow when they're prepared on their own and left by themselves on the plate. But if you add a little butter and garlic, even the most stubborn green food starts to taste good. See if you can pair your adverbs in different ways that make them more palatable to your inner monologue as you're reading. I'm still trying to do this with the word slightly, and I, you know, I imagine I have a very long road ahead of me. So if anyone has a sentence where they use slightly in a new and interesting way that actually benefits my understanding of an action, let me know. I would love to hear it. Another way adverbs can appear without drawing too much attention to themselves is through their transformation from nouns. For example, in the sentence, Aaron rode home on his bike. Home is technically an adverb. It tells us where Aaron is riding. This is a sneaky way to use adverbs because they're not as easy to pick out at a glance. We're used to seeing L-Y words and knowing that most words that end in L-Y are adverbs. Take a word like home, which can also be a noun though, and that becomes much harder. 
time works this way as well. She took an hour to write her essay, gives us the adverb an hour. It modifies the word took because it answers the question, how long? How long did it take her to write her essay? An hour. And alone also. He stood alone in a room. See if you can make a list of words without an L-Y ending that can be used as adverbs. This will give you a more subtle cache you can pull from when you feel like you need an adverb, but you don't want to be overt about it. And in the sentences where it makes much more sense to be overt, then you can pull out those L-Y words and let them fly. Now, a place where adverbs are really able to shine front and center is in dialogue. Rarely do we censor ourselves when we speak the way we do when we're writing description or action. I really like this is a natural sentence for anyone at any age to say, especially if they're excited by a surprise or are unexpectedly in a pleasant situation. Or, can you come upstairs quickly, as a parent might say to a child. If you want to get even more colloquial, you can say what my family said growing up. Can you come up here real quick? Now, it's not grammatically correct, but then again, dialogue almost never follows conventional grammar rules. Why would it when the way we speak is so far from what our English teachers wanted us to learn in our early years? Okay, this sums up our parts of speech workshop. I hope that you enjoyed going back to basics and that now you have a bit of a fuller grasp on how to use all of these different words we find in writing. If you have any further questions or you want to hear something I neglected to cover in this workshop, please feel free to let me know. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, I recently did an interview with the amazing Vicky Lawn of the Speculative Sandbox podcast, where we talked about CRISPR, designer genetics, and how close fiction is to the science on that particular topic. Um, for those who might not know, my background is actually in biology and specifically in neurogenetics. I interned in a neurogenetics lab during my undergrad. That can be found uh, under the Speculative Sandbox podcast. They're on Spotify. Um, they're on Apple Podcasts as well, and wherever else you stream your favorite podcasts. Now, in addition, and this is a really cool news, Vicky was kind enough to stop by for an interview with us at The Right Turn. Um, she and I discussed her journey through the writing industry, her experience with editors and agents, and some information that I hope is helpful to anyone looking to formally publish their work. That will appear on September 8th, so I urge you to stay tuned for that. Okay, I hope this episode has been useful to you and thank you for listening. Please feel free to go back, pause, or replay any part you want to hear again. If you really liked the episode, leave a review or share it with someone you think would be interested in adverbs and all the interesting ways they can be used in writing. If you want to tell us a story about your own writing experience, share your work with us, or you just want to say hi, you can send an email to writeturn at gmail.com. That's W-R-I-T-3-T-U-R-N at gmail.com. If you'd like to engage with the community in other ways, you're welcome to subscribe to the newsletter at jordanmgriffin.com, which will tell you when new episodes come out. In addition, I have an Instagram, which will also let you know when I upload videos. Link will be in the episode description. As always, I wish you all the best in your own writing. Have a great day, and if it's not a good one, I hope that the next one is better. See you next time. Oh.